0: So Welcome back to another ESL podcast, and of course, I am your host, Arsidio, and I'm bringing to you today another, another, and I mean like another a listening. We're going to be talking about water. So first and foremost, what had happened? I don't even know if that's correct. I've been trying to look for that, the, what is it? What had happened was, I'm pretty sure that is completely incorrect, but what happened is. I realize that a lot of you out there, okay, you guys loved the Climate Change 101. So I said, you know what, let me double down on this and let me get another article that relates to water, the water shortage, okay? Because I need to further understand, why is it that we have so much ocean water? These melting ice caps are falling in It's contributing to the global warming. There are so many ramifications behind these, um, of course, the ice caps both in the North and the South, um, but I'm still not understanding why we are not fully utilizing the ocean water. So I realized by looking at some of the stats, Taiwan, um, Iran, uh, and a lot of parts of Brazil, you guys found, and Estonia, by the way, you guys found this unbelievably interesting. So I said, okay, let me continue doing this because this is a fiery topic and it's a topic that a lot of people need to take notice to. So I found this article, okay? And what I'm gonna do right here is of course, I'm going to screen share so that you guys can hear the audio on my end. And again, as I said before, I do hope that this records and that you guys can hear it because if not, it's going to be an unbelievable disaster. But nonetheless, you guys, this is going to be a long article. There's going to be a lot of detailed... Uh, detailed vocabulary in there. I'm hoping that I can actually write this out and put it onto my blog so you guys can read along with listening to it. Uh, But in the meantime, if you guys want to just listen and build up your listening skills, uh, let's see if you could take down some real good notes. And then we're going to finally be able to discuss what is actually happening and why is everyone thirstier than ever before. That is the title of this article. And without further ado, Let's get into this one, man.
1: Thirstier than ever.
0: By the way, this is a 10 minute audio, so get ready.
1: 1. Water covers approximately 75% of the Earth's surface, yet only 3% of it is drinkable. The rest is salt water. Of the little that is fresh, a staggering 99% is inaccessible, buried deep beneath the world's glaciers. According to Kumu et al, 2010, roughly a third of the world's population is at risk from water scarcity, and population growth is only exacerbating the issue. Not only does our species need water to survive, we also rely heavily on it to water our crops and sustain our livestock. People typically drink around 5 litres of water per day, while agriculture accounts for the majority of global freshwater consumption. In some parts of the world, water scarcity severely limits food production capabilities. Kumu and Romstorff, 2012, have also forecast that climate change will increase precipitation variability, i.e. the frequency of rain, raising the risk of flooding and drought that blight food production. Mm-hmm. So what solutions are available to ensure a consistent and stable freshwater supply?
0: Freshwater supply, let's get to solutions.
1: Two. The agricultural sector accounts for approximately 70% of global freshwater consumption, double that of industrial and domestic use combined. While more efficient irrigation practices could reduce this volume by an estimated 30 to 70%, cutting consumption of animal products for less water-intensive crops would also have a perhaps unexpectedly significant impact. Some people advocate a switch to a vegetarian or vegan diet on the basis that the production of meat is much more water-intensive than the production of grains and vegetables. Mikanen and Hoekstra, 2012, estimated that on average 10,412 liters of water are required for the production of one kilo of lamb. Goat requires around 5,521 liters per kilo, Poultry, 4,325 litres per kilo, and beef, approximately 15,400 litres per kilo. The variations in water consumption are largely due to the animal feed required. Different animals are much more water-intensive to produce, and thus their water footprint is higher. When we compare these meats to a range of vegetables, we can see that, in general, cultivation of vegetables is far less water-intensive. Bananas require approximately 790 liters per kilo, cabbage 237 liters per kilo, and tomatoes a mere 214 liters per kilo. Based on this evidence, it is clear that a switch to a vegetarian or even vegan diet would dramatically reduce the amount of water consumed by agriculture. However, in virtually every country apart from India, the percentage of vegetarians equates to less than 10% of the total population. This casts some doubt as to whether this solution could work, as there would need to be huge cultural shifts in dietary attitude. Three. In areas regularly stricken by water shortages, but wealthy enough to address the issue, desalination, the removal of salt from seawater, offers a viable solution. Yes. The most common method of desalination is reverse osmosis. Salt water is forced through an ultra-thin, semi-permeable membrane, trapping salt molecules and other toxins on one side. The result is fresh, drinkable water, yet the sheer volume of pressure required makes it an energy-intensive process. In addition, despite claims to the contrary, desalination is fairly inefficient. According to the International Desalination Association, 18,426 desalination plants produced a mere 86.8 million cubic meters of water per day in June 2015. Only enough water to meet the needs of 1% of the world's population. Desalinated water also comes at a high price. At $3 per cubic meter, it costs around double that of traditional purification methods such as sedimentation. However, according to Professor Raphael Semiat, the costs vary greatly depending on location. Johnson, C. 2015. For example, it can be far more expensive and energy intensive to pump fresh water 200 kilometers than it would be to desalinate and use water on the coast while desalination is arguably a necessary solution in some countries in others such as northern europe it would make much more sense to focus on reducing the volume of wastewater as droughts are rarely an issue in these regions Such an expensive and energy-intensive method of water purification makes little sense. 4. Another new and perhaps more controversial solution to the freshwater crisis is a form of weather modification known as cloud seeding, a technique that aims to boost rainfall by stimulating production of ice crystals in clouds. Essentially, particles of potassium chloride sodium chloride or silver iodide are fired into passing clouds where they attract existing water vapor the vapor bonds with the chemical particles to form ice crystals which increase in size until they are too heavy to remain suspended and fall often melting on the way to form rain Cloud seeding can also be used to dissipate clouds. In fact, the technique was famously employed by the Chinese government during the 2008 Beijing Olympics to prevent rainfall during the opening ceremony. Proponents argue that cloud seeding offers an inexpensive and energy-efficient alternative to desalination. Chinese officials claim to have triggered artificial snowstorms in drought-stricken regions of northern China. And in the UAE, Dr. Habib of the National Center of Meteorology and Seismology recently argued that studies suggest rain enhancement programs could increase rainfall by 10 to 30 percent. Pennington, 2017. However, while research into cloud seeding is ongoing, the technique has garnered its fair share of criticism. In fact, the United States National Academy of Sciences, 2003, stated that 30 years of research showed no convincing evidence that it worked. This is primarily because you cannot use the technique to actually generate clouds, and it is impossible to conclusively demonstrate that the clouds that have been treated wouldn't have produced rainfall anyway. That's BS. Essentially you cannot extract moisture from the air if it isn't there to begin with, meaning the technique simply isn't viable on cloudless days or during periods of drought. Five fair but one final solution is whatever. to reduce water consumption in the manufacturing sector. Not gonna work. In the US, just under five percent of fresh water is used in the production of consumer goods, usually as a coolant or cleaning agent. This may sound like a fairly insignificant percentage but the volume of water it equates to is staggering. For example, the United States Environmental Protection Agency estimates that it takes 39,090 gallons of water to manufacture a single car. One way to reduce consumption is to seek alternative sterilization methods such as carbon dioxide cleaning which uses CO2 recycled from other industries in place of water to allow for dry cleaning in an eco-friendly manner. Wickstrom, 2015. While CO2 cleaning has been used for decades in the aerospace and automotive industries, it has unfortunately not been rolled out to the manufacturing sector as a whole. Another way to reduce the industrial water footprint is to recycle more. It's estimated that recycling just one newspaper saves around 3.5 gallons of water. Oh, wow. Buying secondhand clothes would also help because, for example, it takes over 100 gallons of water to produce a single cotton t-shirt.
0: But we still have a lot of water in the world. That
1: doesn't help. Six. It doesn't help. Global water consumption has reached unsustainable levels. Oh. If we do not modify our behaviour, billions of people will be plagued by water scarcity. To put it simply, fresh water shortages are likely to cause the next great global crisis. In the words of Jean Chrétien, former Canadian Prime Minister and co-chair of the Interaction Council, the future political impact of water scarcity may be devastating. Using water in the way we have in the past simply will not sustain humanity in future.
0: Alrighty, okay. First and foremost, I must apologize for my lack of... Oh, well, for being tactful, I'm sorry. Tactless, because... I almost choked. (sighs) I realize that... The thing is, guys... The final solution to reduce water consumption in the manufacturing sector. That doesn't equate to using the available resources that are already available, right? We have so much water in the ocean. Regardless if we reduce, I mean, come on, let's be honest. This is going back to the whole, what is it, the ExxonMobil BS, you can't tell them to reduce the amount of greenhouse gases when there are billions upon billions of dollars behind what they're doing and people are profiting from it. Plus, you got the USA, which is number two in eminent greenhouse gases, and you have the likes of China, you have India, you have Bangladesh, you have the continent of Africa. To be able to reach an agreement with so many egos at stake and so many different governments and politics around the world, it's impossible. That's all there is to it. We have to work and we have to find a solution with the available resources we have right now, a viable solution, which is reverse osmosis. She talked about desal- uh, desalination, right? Now, they were saying, oh, it's fairly inefficient according to, obviously, the International Desalination Association. 18,426 desalination plants produced a mere 86.8 cubic meter tons. Now, again, 18,000 plants. How the hell did we already create 18,000 plants uh, between the inception of these desalination plants up until now? Nobody wants to speak about it. But guess what? 1% of the world's population. We have to figure out where this 1% is. Because to be honest with you, 1%, let's see here. Okay, so that's 1 million out of 1 billion. And for, for 1 million out of every 1 billion, that's actually pretty bad. Um, but again, this was back in 2015. There has to be a better more faster way of creating this water, right? Now, again, 18,426, there has to be, it's kind of like that TOEFL reading. We have to figure out a newer way to propel spaceships if we want to be able to travel at the speed of light, right? There's no way that we're going to be able to get to a nearby star in present with the technology we have right now. We've had between 2015 and 2020 to develop something that is more advanced so we can create, you know, boost that from 1% to 10% because now we're talking about a significant portion. We're talking about every 100 million out of 1 billion. This is phenomenal, but I don't know where we're at right now. So again, if we look at that, I don't care about the cost, okay, because- if we really give a damn, we'll be able to bring that up. Thailand, I don't know how Thailand's getting all this water, but they're obviously providing for their people, okay? Unless they're getting water shipped in from other countries. So somebody is doing something right. And perhaps Thailand is already creating these desalination uh, plants, which is probably something I would absolutely love to figure out. Oh, as a matter of fact, Bill, Bill Gates, oh, I hate to mention that name. Um, but there are people who are investing in water already because water obviously is going to be a high commodity in the near future, right? So I would actually love for the Arsenio Buck Foundation, a foundation I have, it's it's a Facebook page. I'm going to start it up coming up very, very shortly. Um, is I want to figure out where these processing plants are in Thailand and speak to somebody who is English speaking and bring about this awareness. I think that would be a phenomenal interview or interviews. So I'm going to have to try to get in touch with people. So you guys stay tuned with that. Uh, I'm going to write that down and we'll see what goes from there. But again, no excuses. So let's talk about cloud seeding. So Thailand's most lovable, iconic King in all of history, King Ramanine. I cannot pronounce his name, it's very difficult, but he became, he he, he didn't invent this, but Northeast Thailand was suffering from a significant drought, okay? But there were clouds. Now, the United States Navy would go so far, if there are no clouds, I don't care about no clouds. If there are clouds, they gotta generate rainfall. So what the King of Thailand did, he put some of this cloud, artificial cloud seeding into these plains. He went above the provinces. I'm not exactly sure what provinces. You guys can look this up. And guess what? It provided rainfall. And people around Thailand applauded him for that. Not only that, but thousands of other things that he had done over the course of, goodness gracious, we're talking four or five decades worth of work. Um, so this does work. So going back, to the research uh, that was done by the United States National Academy of Sciences stated that 30 years of research and there's no convincing evidence. Uh, maybe no convincing evidence uh, in regards to your country. Maybe you should look outside the box because guess what? Beijing and that Chi- the Chinese government, they famously employed it during the 2008 Olympics. So there's obviously evidence. But again, we're talking about what they had said back in 2003. But if they had done some research, Thailand and King Brahma 9, they did this back in the 60s. Correct me if I'm wrong, give or take a decade. Um, so no excuses. I hate excuses. So when the United States Navy said that, I just rolled my eyes and I said, oh, get out of my face with this ridiculousness. I hate excuses. I focus on solutions. I don't focus on the problem. So Again, if there, is, if there aren't any clouds, such as you know there are significant droughts in parts of Africa, now guys, Africa is a continent, okay? Wanda gets a fantastic amount of rainfall just as much as other countries in the area get this rainfall too. I don't want everyone to think of Africa as this big boiling desert where there is just no water and ground cracking everywhere. That is what the media wants you to believe. That is completely untrue. It is ridiculously false. Might I add that my South African coach transformation coach Uh, by the name of Mira Butler, who I had brought onto the podcast. So for those of you listening to me on Spotify, just write Mira Butler Arsenio's ESL podcast um, or Arsenio ESL podcast, South Africa. You will get that interview with her. It is, I love it. There's so much fun in it. But again, she told me that it was snowing. Yes, in South Africa. (gasps) Snowing? Yes. Don't believe the, 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 the garbage that is put out there on the airways, okay? Not all the time, all right? It's just about they want to create this perception of the continent of Africa that it is a a groundbreaking, drought-filled, impoverished continent. That is completely and utterly false, all right? So just get rid of that right now. Now, in saying that, I have no idea where I was going with that argument. (laughs) (laughs) But going back to reducing the water consumption, no, it's not gonna work. So guys, let's sum this up. (sighs) We rank the methods, okay? And what we just listened to as least effective to most effective. We already know water consumption, that ain't gonna work. There are too many egos at stake, too many pockets that need to be filled. So that is the worst. Now, the desalination, that is our best, I believe, and most effective method, but we're going to have to, figure out a way to speed it up, all right? Not 1% of the population. We need about about 30% of the population. And also, these plants, perhaps they were just the beginning stages. If we had been working at it since then, we probably would've come up with a, a better alternative, a better method. Am I lying or am I lying? I don't believe in water shortages. We have a ton of water but a lot of the water is salt. How can we make it fresh? That is the solution. Whatever entrepreneur and Gen Z, because you guys are the future. I mean, I'm Gen Y, I'm 32 right now as of uh, uh, August 5th, the day that I'm actually doing this podcast. You guys might listen to it later. Um, You guys are the future. Whatever entrepreneur out there figures out a way to convert all that salt water into fresh water at such a rapid rate that the majority of this planet can get fresh drinking water, and even some of the most, uh, in some in the nations that are, are 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 without money, you will be the next billionaire and Nobel Prize winner. Who? Maybe I should just look in the mirror. Perhaps that person is me. So that's the best way. How we could figure out how to convert this salt water into fresh water. Once you figure that out, the world will never be the same again. So in saying that, guys, man, that was a wonderful, wonderful long podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to an, well, another ESL podcast. Again, I'm going to post some different things, and I'm going to try to get this article onto my blog if I can, if I will, if I ever will. Uh, but in saying that, guys, thanks so much for tuning into this ESL podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you tag me. Let me know your thoughts. Rate me on the podcast store. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, and again, If you guys have any Q&As, make sure you reach out to me. I'm your host, as always. Stay tuned for more Over and Out.